Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome to the Ringer NFL show. We have made it. It's week one. It's a game day. Shield Kapadia here joined by Danny Kelly. DK, how does it feel? We got a, we got a game oh, tonight, man. baby. I'm super excited. Uh, th- it's been a long time coming. It feels like the summer has kind of been, uh, well, the preseason in particular has kind of been dragging out. So I'm very ready for real football. That's right. Real football tonight. We're going to keep it simple today. On the Ringer NFL show, you know, by at this point, you, you probably know what if you care, you know what we think of different players, you know, <laughs> different coaches, different teams. I put up my terrible predictions on the Ringer that I'm going to get old takes exposed on uh, for <laughs> sure. And so we're going to keep it simple. I, I first heard this on the Solid Verbal podcast. So shout out to mm, them a couple nice. of years ago. They did this exercise with college football and it's very simple. All we're doing is we're drafting things that we're excited about. For the 2022 season, it can literally be anything. I told Danny, anything you want, a player, a coach, a team, nonsense that has nothing to do with any of those things. And so that's all we're going to do. It could be silly. It could be serious. If you listen and you say, hey, you guys should have said this, you can you can tweet at us. You can let us know what you are excited for as you count down the hours to kick off. Danny, I don't think I need any other uh, explanation here, right? We're just ready to go. I'm ready. Let's get, get right into it. You're the guest. Take the first pick. What do you got? You to, wow. So are we ranking these like this is the thing I'm the most excited about or is just one of the things? It, it can be anything. I, I'll be <laughs> honest. I didn't spend hours today ranking these in got order it. from uh, most excited to least excited. I kind of just had them all in a bucket. Got it. That's fair. Okay. Here, Here's the first one I'm going to go with. Are they going to let Russ cook in Denver? I think this is mm. obviously one of the biggest storylines of the season. One of the biggest storylines, obviously, in my area. I live in Seattle. Um, so I guess the question is, are, is, is there, is this going to be a different version of Russell Wilson that we've seen over the last few years? Obviously the whole, um, you know, run balance thing that Pete Carroll wants to do are the, what was he holding Russell Wilson back all these years? Or is Russell Wilson basically just going to look pretty much the same, just in a different uniform? Um, you know, same type of offense, deep shots, rollouts, 
lots of running, things of that nature? Or is this really going to be like a whole new Russell Wilson? I think this is going to be one of the most exciting things to see this year. Uh, I totally agree. Russ versus the Seahawks has everything I want. The drama, <laughs> yeah. the juice. Uh, Brady Henderson on ESPN.com yep, had a yep. uh, great reported article today that even added more to the juice where members of the Seahawks front office saying that Russ is declining and he doesn't have his <laughs> legs anymore. Like, I love it. And, you know, Russ is just fuming like, oh, my gosh, they didn't let me do it. You know, I should be mentioned with all the greats. And so what I love about this, and I've said this before, is that, like, we get some resolution. We get an yeah. answer. You know, as yeah. long as he stays healthy, by the time week 18 rolls around, it'll either be, wow, you know, that Russell Wilson, look what he was capable of doing there in Denver. And Seahawks fans are going to be going, I can't, you know, oh my God, we wasted some of <laughs> those years how yeah. could we or Pete Carroll you know there hey he's no dummy you know they're gonna be over there saying shoot we got out of the Russell Wilson business at the perfect time because they didn't give him away they they got the right, right you know amount of uh compensation for him if you can say that if you're gonna move on they didn't just say all right let's just give him to the first bidder or whatever so they could be sitting there going you know what we didn't have a great season we went six and eleven but we've got these picks We've got mm -hmm. these wide receivers. We've got these tackles. And now we have an opportunity to draft whoever, Bryce Young, next year. And you know what? It was one season with Geno and Drew Locke. It wasn't great. But guess yeah. what? This time next year, we're going to be sitting pretty. So it's like one of the two things is going to happen. There's not really going to be any in-between. I know. There's And there's not really much excuse for him in Denver because they have a lot yeah. of good skill players. You know, they've got a system around him. And ostensibly, that is going to be tailored to his strengths. Uh, I think it sounds like they're going to basically let him run the show on offense. I, I'm not. I'm a little skeptical that's 100% going to be true, but I think it sounds like they are going to let him kind of like, you know, do a lot of checks at the line, do a lot of up tempo. You know, obviously pass a lot more. Um, so yeah, it's going to be very interesting, uh, and and the results of that are going to be pretty telling for you know either Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson. And even starting Monday night, that that'll be fun yep. for week one. All right. This is probably a ridiculous one to be my first pick, but <laughs> I'm excited for the Cardinals in-season hard knocks. Oh, have, wow. Have, have, nice. you been, have you been watching the Lions hard knocks? I admit that I have not. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fine. But what's the funniest part about this is at the end of each Lions hard knocks, they do like a preview of the Cardinals hard knocks, which is going to be in-season. And it's just like, Cliff Kingsbury in like a dark room with this giant monitor and, and he's just like staring at it. And I'm just thinking like, <laughs> whose idea was it in Arizona to allow this to happen? I mean, this is a franchise that extended its, its coach and GM after an embarrassing playoff loss, after mm -hmm. a three-year stretch in which they went 24, 24 and one. They they handed out extensions. Then, <laughs> then the quarterback's agent goes public with contract demands. The Cardinals give in. They put in this ludicrous homework clause then right. they take it out. They're a complete embarrassment. Then Cliff has Kyler calling preseason plays <laughs> just to prove to him how hard it is. This is like, you know, when I ask, I'm like, I tell my like, you know, six-year-old, you have to make your own peanut butter and jelly. You're getting impatient with me. You see how, you know, you, you see it. how hard it is to yeah. spread these. And so when you squeeze the bread, the jelly doesn't fall out. This ain't easy. It's like, this is what they're doing to the guy they just gave all this money to. And now... We're getting inside access to this team. And I know, it's, listen, I know it's it's not everything. They get to decide what gets shown and what right, doesn't right. get shown. But what's funniest about this to me is it starts on November 9th. This is a team that notoriously falls apart like right at November 9th every single year. The last three years, they're 8-16 and 16 after November 9th. 
And so I don't know who agreed to this. This is going to be high <laughs> drama, even if yeah. they're not like showing the stuff that we want to see. Uh, I just feel like this is going to be very entertaining. And you know what? Maybe I might just save this for myself to like the end of the year. I might not be watching it week to week. It might be one of those <laughs> in like, you know, early March where you're kind of like, OK, I'm starting to kind of miss football a little bit. Let me get that taste. Scratch the itch. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for that. That's going to be fun. It, you, I, this point where you're talking about how that, that is like exactly where they start to decline every season of the Cliff Kingsbury era is so perfect too. Like, are they, are we just going to be able to see them panicking as they're like, Oh no, it's happening again. Yeah. Uh, how often, how did, how many shows do they do? Is that four during the season too? I, I don't know what the, I think they Can't do. It like, I think they do it through like the end of the year. So it might be like, wow. eight, it'll be like eight weeks or something like that. I don't even, yeah, I don't even think I watched last year was the Colts. I think I barely watched it, but this one I think is going to be, uh, is going to be much better. All right. What do you have for your second one? Uh, this is another one that's kind of ridiculous, but I'm interested to see what's going on with this pa- Patriots coaching boondoggle mm. or whatever, yes. whatever you want to call it. This is a interesting strategy. From Bill Belichick, who, of course, we cannot really question his strategy over the over the course of the last couple of decades. Um, he's always been elite, elite coach, but it's hard to understand exactly what he's doing here with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as co-coordinators, whatever that means. However, it's actually going to work during the season. I don't know yet. I think that it's just going to be fun to see how this all plays out. Is this going to be a complete disaster or... Is he end, is he going to end up kind of having the last laugh and and this thing's going to go a little bit better than we expected? I, this is to me one of the big like storylines of of the AFC is like what is this offense going to look like? Are they just going to ruin Mac Jones right away? Yeah, because it it's with any other team it would just be like relentlessly mocking what in the world are you doing? You basically <laughs> hired the two worst head coaches of like the last five years. And now you're hand, handing your quarterback over to him. I went a step further because I had this one lower on my list. And I just put for, uh, I'm excited for Bill Belichick to get fed up with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Like just, just waving the tablet in front of their face and then slamming it to the ground. Or just like, you know, an old wrestling video where he's taking both their heads and just like headbutting <laughs> up together after yeah. like a ridiculous third down call. I mean, I have a hard time like seeing it work out for those two assistants, but I think we talked about this before. Like there's definitely a scenario where Belichick's just like, all right, guys, go do something else. I've got mm-hmm. this. And the yep. offense is fine. Like, I think it's almost gone too far because I don't think he'll let it get to that point, but I'm with you. It's just like, what is he thinking with this? Why is he doing this? And how is it going to play out? That That's absolutely a good one. And they're in like Miami all week to practice before this. Uh, I don't know if you saw that before, like the, the Dolphins game. They're just like spending the week down there, I oh, guess, to get acclimated uh, to the weather. So, uh, yeah, the, the Patriots are definitely interesting this year. I think <laughs> I think they're, they're almost more interesting than those years when you knew they were going to just win the right. AFC East. And like those teams weren't that interesting because you're like, all right, we'll see you, you know, the third weekend yeah, of January. Yeah, they're going to win 11 games. Right. We'll see you in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, now it's different. All right, that's a good one. All right, my next one here. I'm excited for Brandon Staley videos. This (laughs) this trend last year was outstanding where like it would be, all right, Brandon Staley makes a fourth down call on Sunday. Like Phil Sims goes on and it's just like analytics is ruining football and ruining America. (laughs) And then like all the nerds like myself, you know, we, we all are like, oh, stop it. He made the right call. It didn't work out, you know, process mm-hmm. over results. And then like Monday, Brandon, you know, there's all this talk about like new media 
with Draymond, like Brandon Staley, pioneer of new media. I mean, I don't remember a coach just coaching, just recording these selfies in his office, like explaining why he went for it. Oh my gosh, uh, I forgot about down. That. Yeah, yeah, those are the videos. You were probably like, what the, what the hell is he talking about? What videos are I these? I love yeah. this. I'm talking about those selfie videos mm-hmm. where he's just like, we're going to be an aggressive team. I'm putting my players <laughs> in. For the-. I'm like, this is, the, this is all I want on like yeah. a Monday afternoon when I'm trying not to write and I just want something to distract me. I want these videos. So uh, I'm really excited about all the fourth down arguments. You know, it's when it's just year <laughs> in and year out. You can count on it. The nerds like myself going, yes, they should have gone for it. Uh, you know, announcers and studio analysts getting all upset about it. And we all just had this argument and no one convinces <laughs> anyone of anything. But I thought Brandon Staley added a nice little wrinkle into that last year with those videos. So I'm excited for that. It might like even that. happen in week one. Yeah, we might get one right He's away. like, you know, skipping the middleman, making his own videos, making his own media. I had the, I've had the running joke that he was at some point a commenter on SB Nation, like not that long ago. Like just getting in, getting into it. arguments with like other fans about, you know, being like caring too much about defending the run, things like that. Like he's, he was an innovator in like the 2012 <laughs> to 2015 era on SB Nation. That's my joke. I, 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 you know, you say joke. I, I don't know. That might not be, that might not be that far off. If somebody yeah. wants, you know, there are some great internet sleuths out there who could probably just like, find him. But yeah, by the time there's, there's kickoff tonight, they will have messaged us going, this is his name. And this is what he was saying in 2012. All right. Absolutely. What do you got? So you mentioned Miami. I am actually starting to convince myself that Miami is going to be a fun offense to watch. Um, wow. Obviously, the Mike McDaniel variable is a big deal. We don't exactly know what's, what he's going to bring. Is it going to be like a carbon copy of what we've seen with the 49ers offense? And um, stylistically, are they going to be super run heavy and uh, basically run the 49ers offense? Or is it going to be s- sort of like a mix of several different types of offense? Um, I think, obviously, the trade for Tyree Kill over the offseason is huge. Jalen Waddle. I don't know if we've ever seen a team with that combination of just explosive speed ever full stop. Like, I don't know if we've ever seen that. So I think this is just going to be interesting to see how this works out. The big thing, like the big, you know, like variable or whatever, like personality trait that I can picture like 49ers offenses, it's yards after the catch. He's so like Shanahan is so good at scheming up guys to get him in positions to run after the catch. I think Waddle and Hill are both very well suited for this type of offense. I think there's a world in which Tua fits this offense really well. Um, So I don't know. Obviously right now, I think people are pretty much down on Tua, generally speaking, and he hasn't really shown anything in the NFL, to be totally honest. So I get it. But I think there's a world in which Tua kind of like charges back. Um, This is a great fit for him. He has the weapons to do like the things that he's good at, which is really quick processing, get the ball out. He's got a pretty deep ball. Um, you know, we saw all that at, at Alabama and I think now he's a couple years off of his injury. Uh, you know, maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid, but like, I'm kind of excited to watch this. I agree that they're interesting because the, <laughs> the, you know, the two anon, the mm-hmm. uh, two defenders are loud and aggressive and that's fun, you know? So it's like, if, you know, if, if they're good, they're going to be letting everyone who oh, doubted yeah. the Dolphins Know about it. And there is, I'm with you, there's a scenario where they're good. Like Mike McDaniel, I don't know, but if he's Mm -hmm. like an offensive guru, 
with the personnel they have, then they're they're not only going to be good, they're going to be fun to watch. I'm skeptical uh, of it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of like I'll I'll believe it when I see it. But I, <laughs> sure. I, this is one like I can envision myself being wrong. I'm not like aggressively like no way this isn't going to work. I'm sort of like all right, I have to pick a side. Here's my side. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see yeah. how it goes. And uh, yeah, McDaniel with like the athleisure, you know, with the with the <laughs> he, he's letting players pick the music if they had a good day at practice. Like I'm a sucker for all those little things when a new coach comes. Yeah. And does does those and so uh, I think that's a good one. They they're you know like the Patriots. They're another team that many years it feels like they're not relevant, and this year they are relevant. And it'll be yeah. like, okay, what what did they do this week? All right, I might have my most ridiculous one here. What I'm excited <laughs> for, but like we it. were talking before we came on about how you know we we can't relate to. I'm probably older than you, but you know some of the younger generation on the ringer, these kids, you know they don't <laughs> they don't know some of the issues people like you and I. And so I'm excited for the, I don't know, fourth year, fifth year in a row to try to time up my afternoon coffee on Sunday perfectly. I don't know if this is an issue you <laughs> wow. have or Do you or get drowsy late? Is that what you're saying? Or? Well, so now you're West Coast. So West Coast is the absolutely the best coast to uh, watch, <laughs> watch sporting sports. events. Yeah. yeah, there's no, I when I was in Seattle for the two years, I'm like, this is amazing. I never yeah. have to stay up that late. I don't have to kill time in the morning. Like sports are just on when I wake up. Uh, I love this life. And then I move back East <laughs> and it's a whole different set of right. issues. And so, you know, I like having the big coffee when I wake up that gets me, mm -hmm. you know, uh, going. But then, like, this is, uh, you know, this is very old guy first world problems, but like 11 hours in front of that TV and you got to yeah. be plugged in. You know, you yeah. have to have notes and get ready for your takes and your whole week is set up <laughs> by those 11 hours. So, like, I try to time it up. When do I have that coffee so that I'm still powering through Sunday night football, <laughs> but I can't be tossing and turning at bed? On mm. Sunday night, and then all of a sudden, you know how it is. Monday, you wake up. Oh my God, I didn't get good sleep, and now I got to do all this stuff. And then your kids yeah. are acting crazy. So um, there will be a segment of the Ringer audience right now who is going like, "What are you talking about? You've <laughs> never sat. No one's ever sounded older on a Ringer podcast." But these are the issues you face as an old guy. And so I've been trying to time this up perfectly <laughs> over the years. I've not perfected it. What is the time? Had... Do you know what time you're, you're yeah. approximately drinking that coffee? You, you know, someone told me that like coffee like stays in your system for uh, six hours, like the big <laughs> caffeine. And yep. I mentioned this to my sister uh, who's a doctor and she's just like, that's totally like, no, that's wrong. It stays in there for <laughs> There's much no way long. that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it stays in there for much longer than that. It will affect you. So usually I feel like halftime of the one o'clock games is when I go for the the second dose. And, you know, I feel like that'll definitely get me through the, the late window I there in that. the afternoon. But you know what? Now, now we're doing the Philly special show. And so we're going to have to record like an Eagles podcast on a Sunday night. So I got to bring the energy on that. You know, Solak, like he always sounds oh, like yeah. he just had eight oh, cups yeah. of coffee. And so- I mean, uh, Solak is the one person, he's, he's the one person that I can't listen to podcasts on anything but like 1.0 speed. You know what I mean? Like he's already talking at 1.5. If you try and up it to anything higher, it's like unintelligible. Um, but yes, I like this one. It, I have very little experience doing the sports watching thing on the East Coast. Like I've gone to a few games on the East Coast and it's always striking to me. It's like, this game is getting over at one in the morning. <laughs> like what do people <laughs> do crazy. on this? Like that's insane to me. And I'm like being on the West Coast, we get up, we start prepping immediately because the games start at 10 a.m. And you got to be going like we got to be getting information like collected by like eight o'clock or whatever. So like you're getting everything going for the day. 
it is kind of like the peek behind the curtain. It is kind of like a long day. You have to be synthesizing all the information. There's just chaos happening across the NFL. You have to be, like you said, picking out like the most like important takes, the most important takeaways from the day. Uh, and then you're so amped up when it's all over, it's hard to go back to sleep or it's hard to go to yeah. sleep just because it's been such like a crazy day. So uh, I feel you on this one. Um, I think we are around the same age, so I, I get it. But I, I have the advantage of by the time I'm ready to go to bed, it's like, you know, probably 1230, 1 a.m. on the West Coast. I can't even wow. imagine on, on the East Coast. You guys are just literally staying up all night. What, how does that even work? I know it's it, it's crazy. You know, we're not digging ditches. We're not doing anything really important. <laughs> but but uh, right. yeah, these are these are the problems for football podcasters. Your Solak note was hilarious because I just had a friend today text me. He goes, "As you know, I have been doing two x podcast speed for yeah. years and think everyone should do it, but I think Solak has broken me. I need to slow <laughs> it down for his pods." <laughs> so I was going to bring that up to him on our next Philly special episode. But since you said the same true. thing. Yeah. That's hilarious. All right, what do you got? What's next? Uh, so I'm combining a few here together. And if you want to separate them out and talk individually, that's totally fine. But I'm excited for the second-year quarterbacks. I really am excited to watch. I'll just t- I'll just list them off here, and then we can break them down individually. Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Justin Fields in Chicago. Trey Lance in San Francisco. Zach Wilson, if he does end up playing in New York. Davis Mills, who is maybe a mm-hmm. thing. And Mac Jones, of course, in New England, who we already kind of talked about. But like starting with Lawrence... You know, obviously, with so much hype coming into the NFL, the first year was a complete and utter disaster. And I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how much of that is attributable to, you know, the coaching there, the lack of coaching uh, under Urban Meyer. Like, that was, like, it was legitimately maybe, like, worst-case scenario for any rookie quarterback to come into. Um, and now we're going to Doug Peterson, who you you know very well, um, you know, from your time covering the Eagles. Like, what, what do you think Doug Peterson brings for Trevor Lawrence, I guess, is my first question for you. Yeah, this was actually I, I had. Uh, I'm excited for Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence on my yes. uh, on my list here. So I'm with you there. You know, I'm not like a uh, a full Lawrence. Uh, I don't want to use the word like truther, but you know, like there's some people, <laughs> some sure. some people are rationally like, no way. Like, He's the he, greatest. There, yeah, he can't miss. He's gonna yeah. be unbelievable, and that might be the case. But I'm with you. Like to just think about that situation coming into the NFL and your first experience is playing on that Urban Meyer team. Like, that is yeah. not fair. I mean, that that is just not not uh, not the situation you want to be in. I'm with you. I think it probably was the worst situation uh, <laughs> for a, any quarterback, at least number one pick, could come into. So uh, Doug Peterson will bring competence. He will uh, be a player's coach. Like, players are, even if they go 4-13 and 13 this year, mm-hmm. players are not going to be like, oh, my God, we hate Doug Peterson. This guy's a like joke. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's not going to happen. So that like just being a normal human being, even in Philadelphia, like there were people who thought he should be fired when he was fired and thought his time was up, but they would always add like, but you know, we, we still really like him as a person. Like that was pretty much universal from everyone there. So I think he'll bring that in. Uh, with Lawrence, I mean, I think it'll just bring some stability. You know, like mm-hmm. Peterson's a calm, uh, a calm guy with the people around him. Like I remember the Eagles Super Bowl year, I did a story where I, I think I just went around to every assistant coach and asked like, what's Peterson's best attribute? And everyone said like, he's the same guy on Monday, regardless of whether we won by 40 or mm-hmm. lost by 40. And they're like, that just means uh, when you're putting in like all those hours in the office and you know, the coach isn't unhinged like their coach was last year. I think that definitely means a lot. So those are some of the things and we'll see what they do offensively. I mean, I didn't think he was like an 
necessarily an offensive innovator. Like, I don't think he's going to be somebody who you just look at his scheme and go, wow, they're, you know, they're doing unbelievable stuff. He, he sort of tries to figure it out. I think there were times when he was a great play caller, um, if he has the right scheme in place. So I think that'll certainly help them. I think they'll make wise in-game decisions. That was probably um, underrated with Peterson. Like, they'll go for it when they should on fourth down. You know, they won't be wasting timeouts early in the first quarter, all those things oh, he's really good. good at. So <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just a more stable situation situation for Lauren. So I'm like, yeah, I'm excited to see what those two guys do together. I think the Jaguars could win like seven, eight games that wouldn't mm-hmm. uh, surprise me in that division. So I, I like that. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think back on Lawrence's rookie season, obviously I think he tied for the NFL lead in interceptions, which was part of the, part of the thing was like, he was just, there's not much talent around me. I'm going to have to like push the envelope if we're going to do anything in this game. YOLO, let's just throw it into, you know, coverage and see what happens. I think there was a lot of that. Um, you know, there's a little bit of like inaccuracy here and there, but like generally speaking, I thought he looked pretty good. He flashed a lot. Um, but the big thing for me was like, man, he was just very calm all year long. Like he never got, I never saw him freak out. I mean, obviously I didn't watch every snap, but I never saw him like freaking out or yelling at anybody or even getting down on himself. So I think that definitely will, um, you know, help him in the second year as like we transition to like what's, I think it's going to be a professional coaching staff and professional organization. So super excited for that. Obviously with, you know, the other, the other quarterbacks, Justin Fields, I think I'm just very intrigued with what's going to happen there. Obviously I think he's, he's more of like a 2023 watch type of guy. Just this year could be tough for the bears. Trey Lance, uh, the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo makes things a little bit more interesting. Like there is a chance, at least in theory, that he could get benched now if he's playing terribly through X amount of games. Like maybe they pull the plug and just like try and win because they're obviously set up to be like a very good team this year, 49ers. And so um, I think that's going to be interesting. But um, but yeah, I think just like the second year, this cl- this class of second year quarterbacks could be the future of the NFL, could be like the next generation of great quarterbacks in the league or... Maybe we only get like one or two. I don't know. Like it, I, everybody, I think pretty much to a guy other than, well, even Lawrence, like we still haven't really, we can't really tell yet what, what they're going to be. Yeah. I think Fields, like if Fields is actually good this year, it'll say a lot. If Like if totally. you can perform with the the situation he's in, you know, it's, it's kind of like, with some of these guys, like Justin Herbert was not in a great situation his first year, you know, with Anthony Lynn was the coach and they were so conservative and the offensive line stunk, but it was just like, okay, he can just, wow, he's he can good. lift everybody around him. Yeah. <laughs> it he, was very clear. Can, yeah. Yeah. You could even say that about Burrow, you know, even like last mm-hmm. year, we, you were playing with one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL and you still found a way to be really good. So I do feel like you want the young quarterback to be in a good situation. Like that is no doubt the right way to do it. But sometimes when they're in a terrible situation and they still perform, that's like a, oh, okay, we really know that we're in a good spot and now we can build around. Trust me, I don't think the Bears, this is their thinking. I don't think they did this on purpose to, you know, test Justin Fields. (laughs) But if he does that, that'll be interesting. And then to me, the 49ers might be the most interesting team in the NFL. I mean, yeah, th- yeah, this this Lance Jimmy Jimmy G. I'm sure Niners fans are just like, shut up. It's going to be fine. They're grown men. <laughs> They're so sick of it. Yeah. They're so, and I understand it like from a fan perspective for sure. But I'll tell you what, as like an object, objective observer, I mean, yeah. the potential drama there, or not even the drama, like, Maybe Trey Lance just comes in and lights it up. And like, we don't even hear from Jimmy G and he's just on the sideline 
every week. And like, that would be a fun outcome because like peak mm-hmm. Lance is going to be a really fun player in that totally. scheme, especially. So that would be fun. And then like, if Lance isn't good, then you are getting the Jimmy G drama. And I'm sorry, but for me, that's fun too. Because, <laughs> because you like, just wanted, you want to see the world burn. Is that what you're yeah, saying, Chill? Yeah. I mean, if, if, Jimmy <laughs> G, if Jimmy G plays, they're Super Bowl contenders. They have mm-hmm. been. If Jimmy G's healthy in place, they're Super Bowl contenders. So that's fun too. Um, and so I, I think based on kind of the wide range of outcomes, the Niners are a very interesting team. So I like having Lance in there. Kickoff week one with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code RINGERNFL to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. $150 in free bets. Let's see, you could go with Justin Herbert to win MVP. You could go with the Vikings to make the playoffs. You could go with Micah Parsons to win defensive player of the year. You play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. FanDuel is also now live in Kansas. All right, Kansas, shout out to Kansas. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code RINGERNFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states, first online real money wager, only $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as non-withdrawable, free bets that expire 14 days after receipt, restrictions apply, see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. 
sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. What do I have next on here? I just have a coach. I'm excited for Mike Tomlin. I mean, oh, I yeah. just I just feel like I have a new appreciation for Mike Tomlin this year. Just he did that. I don't know if you listened to that interview he did. I think it was on the Pivot podcast. And I was mm-hmm. just like, wow, I, I understand why he is such a, a great coach. And then I got to go to Steelers training camp for the first time and just watching him just be like, all right, George Pickens and Minka Fitzpatrick again, again. And he's just like laughing under his breath and it gets very <laughs> intense where it's like very competitive, but there were no like fights. It's, you know, it's like a controlled chaos almost. Yeah, like yeah. Those, those Seahawks, well, those Seahawks teams, sometimes it was just chaos, but uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is a little more controlled. And so- <laughs> Uh, and, and I just was, was, uh, reading this week about, you know, he had the thing about, uh, he named Trubisky the starter, but 45 minutes before that, the Steelers let out that press release that said Mason Rudolph was the number two and not Kenny Pickett. And they asked him about it. And this is a direct quote. This is via ESPN.com. He said, the cut and paste component was the cut and paste component. Like, do you know how much confidence you have to have to just talk like that and answer a question what? like that? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on to answer a question like that. So I almost am regretting, like I had the Steelers at eight, nine. I think this is going to be the first time ever he finishes under 500. I'm almost regretting that and thinking, man, I should just pick them to go nine and eight. Like the receivers yeah. could be amazing. The defense could be amazing. The coach is going to give them an edge. But I'm just like this, this. Last year, the Steelers weren't fun. Like, I didn't want to watch the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at all. And it's not like I'm, you know, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see Trubisky. But it is, I can't wait to see what this version of the Steelers with like new blood and an energized Tomlin and some of these receivers looks like. So I'm excited for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I guess is what I'm saying. Tomlin is like one of those, I mean, obviously he's been appreciated for a long time. Like people know he have known he's a really good coach, but he's one of those guys where, you know, it's like a band, like uh, like an artist or whatever that ha- like becomes much more famous and popular later in life because everyone starts to appreciate them a little bit too late. Like Tomlin to me is that guy for me. I've started to appreciate him even more and more after seeing what he had to deal with, like Antonio Brown, yeah. you know, Ben Roethlisberger, all the dynamics there. Like there's so much, I'm just like the power struggles and internal team dynamics I'm sure that he has to deal with. And, I, and what you're alluding to with like the coaching um, like the, it's like almost like mind games it, it, in a good way. You know what I mean? Like right. this is like what you picture. This is like a movie coach, like a coach you see on a movie or like Ted Lasso, where he's like getting into each and every one of his players, like psyches and learning how to get the most out of them. This is what like everyone wants a coach to be. Yes. Um, and so uh, I like that a lot. It's like finding the right, like just the right pressure points for each player and applying just enough pressure where it's not too much, like, but it also pushes them. Like, this is the art of coaching. So I think I'm starting to appreciate how good Tomlin is with all that stuff. Um, the more that, like, I learn, like, I guess it's just yeah. like it required, like, some of these players leaving and just absolutely going off the deep end to kind of, like, get an idea of, like, what he's been dealing with over the last decade. So I, th- I, th- I absolutely, like, appreciate him as a coach more and more every single day. Yeah, no that that was uh, that was beautifully said. You you nailed exactly what I was trying to say. I think you articulated it much better. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it in the context of like Cliff Kingsbury, you know, asking Kyler Murray to call plays to see how hard it is. 
Like, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine Mike Tomlin? Like, I just, I just feel like so many, so often NFL coaches don't understand what their job is, and he mm-hmm. understands what his job is. Like, okay, this is why they pay me this much money is because it's not going to be easy to handle Antonio Brown for all these years. And man, after Antonio Brown left, we all saw, holy cow, that must have been even harder than we ever yeah, expected. Seriously, but, yeah. But he understands. Like, that's my job. That's why I get paid like millions of dollars, and other coaches. You know, you hear him even draft time. Oh, like, oh, shoot, this guy, he didn't run a full route tree in college. Or, you know, oh, he didn't play under center. Guess what? Your job is to teach them how to do these things. Exactly. And it's not just yeah. head coaches. It's coordinators and assistant coaches. And I think, like, you know, some listeners might just be shocked at how often you hear that from NFL coaches. And I know before, like, we kind of got into the industry, I, I just assumed that if you were a coach in the NFL, like, you were the cream of the crop. Like, man, you must have just worked your way up. And, <laughs> and, and then you, like, learn more and you're like, okay, no, there's, like, politics involved. It's like, all right, this coach Networking. once coached with this other yeah. guy, yeah, in high school 20 years ago, and so he's going to hire him. And there's so much nonsense involved. I've heard Chris Long talk about this, and, like, he just will rip some, you know, NFL assistant coaches. Like, no, those guys are definitely not, like, the best coaches in America, the best coaches in the world. Sometimes they just get there. So I think that speaks to kind of our appreciation for Tomlin. All right. Do you have, do you have any more? Have, have you run yeah, out? I got a couple more. Okay. Um, let's see here. One thing that I think is going to be very interesting is basically the NFC versus AFC inequity. I don't really know exactly like what is going to be interesting about this, but I think it's fascinating that the AFC is just absolutely stacked. There's just so many good teams in the AFC, so many good quarterbacks. It's a complete gauntlet on that side. And then the NFC is just wide open. So in in a sense that both conferences are very wide open, but in totally different ways. Like the AFC could have, I could see any number of different teams making the playoffs. You're going to have like two or three very good teams miss the playoffs. And on the other side, you got the NFC, which is like some terrible team is going to get into playoffs. You already can tell. Like it's going to be like some, you know, <laughs> eight and... Or eight and nine team or whatever that's going to get in, maybe even worse, I don't know, get into the playoffs and everyone's going to be like, what the hell is going on? But um, I just kind of think it's fascinating. We're at a point, an inflection point in the NFL right now where the AFC is absolutely just stacked and the NFC is in a rebuild phase, I guess, with a lot of teams. Like there's no quarterbacks on that side of the ball. Maybe there will after this year. Um, but like you got sort of a weird vacuum of of elite teams in the NFC. Yeah, it's if you're doing like you know, getting ready for the season and all right, what are my picks going to be? The <laughs> AFC was so hard. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, the Denver Broncos are a Super Bowl contender, and then I looked at it and I'm like, well, who am I going to have them knocking out in the playoffs? And so I was like, all right, I guess they're losing in the wild card round. I mean, if that rust led Broncos team were in the NFC, they would be a very popular <laughs> Super Bowl pick. It's crazy, yeah, right? And they're yeah. they might be the seventh best team in the AFC. And so the AFC, you're just going, all right, there are like eight teams that could make the Super Bowl. They all have strong cases. Someone's going to get left out. And then the NFC is the opposite. You can't find the teams you want to fill out the playoff bracket. And just as you were saying that, it made me think like it's pro- it might only get worse because Brady and Rogers right, right. now they're two old. of the three yeah. best teams in the NFC. And who knows what, you know, I mean, Rodgers we, we will be in Green Bay next year, but Brady might not be in Tampa and it could get even worse. Whereas the AFC, all these quarterbacks are under 30 years old 
and amazing. Like any one of them could win yeah. an MVP this year. So yeah, are, are all those AFC teams just going to beat each other up? Like, is the NFC team just going to be more fresh once, <laughs> like, like once the playoffs roll around? Like, they're going to have to play some crappy team in the wild card round, and like an AFC teams might have to face like the Broncos or the Chargers or you know one of these teams in this the first is, round. Yeah. It's going to be totally different. I, I, this is totally a dorky comparison, but I was just rewatching the Game of Thrones recently where. Uh, Cersei's sitting there in King's Landing after, you know, the North and their collaboration, all the people that collaborated to fight the White Walkers. And then she's just going to come up and try and take them out. Like, basically, let them beat up each other and then we'll swoop in at the end. This is what the NFC teams are going to do potentially in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be fascinating to uh, to see how the two conferences, I guess, com- like, you know, compete against each other in the play, obviously in the Super Bowl, but um, just how they kind of match up during the season two, like w- when you got like good teams in the NFC just battling it out and then <laughs> NFC, you know, in slap fights or whatever. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And sometimes weird stuff happens where it'll be, we'll be like, oh, you know, week 11. Whoa. Well, the NFC is a lot better than we thought. Look <laughs> at this, uh, you yep. know, this Panthers team coming out of nowhere. Wow. Unbelievable. I don't know if that will be the team, but some, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. that sometimes was quite weird, the call. Yeah. Things happen. I'm holding yeah. you to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've got another ridiculous one. I don't even yes. know if I'm going to be able to articulate this one. I'm excited to get irrationally upset at whoever the TV officiating expert is during a replay. And so <laughs> let, let me yeah. explain what I mean here. And you and you can tell me if it makes sense or no sense or what, what you believe. Like, I guess it's Pereira, Sterator, Macaulay. I mean, I was just looking up the names before this. I didn't remember them all. And there's one who's really good and I don't know who it is. But the others, they go to them when there's a key play. And there's a replay, and they just start describing like the visual, like, okay, his knee is down there, his arm is doing this, <laughs> his right butt cheek, like, no, you need to tell me what is the right call here. And they take <laughs> 90 seconds, and I sit here in the chair to my right, like an idiot, week in and week out, and I'm going, well, what's the call? What, what do you think the right call is? And half the time, they don't get to it, and then the referee makes the call on the field. So listen, this very well could be a me problem and not an anyone else's problem, but as I was going through this exercise, I'm like, oh, that's going to be really fun on Sunday to just yell at like Mike Pereira as he's doing one of these breakdowns. <laughs> Uh, I just, man, I really, I'm just hoping it's not going to be another season where I'm just like really angry at the refereeing, like the, just the officiating. Um, yeah. I, it's just been so bad lately. And it seems, seems like they have just an absurd amount of rules that yes. like, and focuses and emphases that they just, why are you doing, why is this an emphasis? Like, why do we need to worry about this? Like the taunting thing, you know, right. for instance, is just like, can we just freaking play? Like, stop worrying about this. Like, they, the NFL just can't get out of its own way, uh, particularly, well, I mean, with a lot of different things, but like, especially with the refereeing and officiating, I don't know. It's just like so frustrating to yeah. watch. Um, so I'm hoping they're just a little bit in the background, a little bit more this year than normal. I know that's probably not going to happen because for whatever reason, the, re- the, the officials just feel like they need to interject themselves to every game a lot. Um, but yes, I, I'm with you. I just hope, man, I hope it's like another season where we just c- constantly just pissed off at what these calls are because it seems to happen every year. And it always feels like it's like the first month of the season. It's especially uh, bad. So oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that always is annoying. And the emphasis, I guess, is what defensive holding they said That's gonna be fun. this year, Great. which is like, wait, what? Why? Who? Nobody asked for this. What are you doing? <laughs> like with the taunting thing, nobody asked for this. And then they you know, blame it on the coaches and the competition committee, whatever. 
We will be your committee. DK and I will be your committee. Ask us every season going forward. And the, the, the officiating experts, just tell me what you think the call should be. Don't, you know, put on your six-piece suit and uh, go through all the uh, <laughs> descriptions of what's happening there. All right. Sorry. That was, again, that was a me problem. All right. Let's finish it out. Do you, you have uh, one or two more here? Yeah, since I'm a draft guy, I'm talking about the rookie class. I'm excited to see what the rookies do. I mean, this is a very general, generic thing, but like I always love to see, you know, how these guys end up playing in their rookie year, how they can make that jump. Obviously, a lot of them are going to be busts. That just happens every single season. But maybe some of them are going to be superstars. I mean, last year, obviously, Jamar Chase was one of the biggest stars in the NFL, full stop. Like he was, he immediately ascended to being like a top five receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, and then obviously you got like guys like Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts came out of no not out of nowhere, but like they came and immediately made huge impacts. So I'm just excited to see uh, what these rookies do in the NFL and if they can like Drake London, is he going to be immediately be a star? Are you going to see? You know, I, I'm excited to watch Jordan Davis on the football field and see like you know if his physical advantages that we saw in college that were so clear can really translate to the NFL. Um, you know, things like that. I'm just super excited to see. Trevon Walker, like, is he worth the number one overall pick? Is he flashing immediately? Um, yeah, I, I think that's just going to be a lot of fun. It always is fun for a guy who studies the draft during the offseason so much. Yeah, I think it is especially fun this year because there wasn't like a sort of consent. You know, like all these guys you're mentioning, totally. it's sort of like yeah. there were these big arguments on them, you know, like Trayvon, what if Trayvon Walker just comes in and is an absolute monster? I mean that, you know, yeah. I was, I was critical of their process, but I also like can see him and be like, wow, if that hits, that is going to be really fun <laughs> yeah. to totally. watch. Uh, Jordan Davis, you mentioned it, like played 25 snaps a game in college and had what, two and a half sacks. Is he going to be on the field these key third downs on Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys and bring down Dak Prescott? Or is it going to be like, <laughs> all right, he's still got a ways to go. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton with the Ravens. I mean, yep. I, yep. I think that Ravens defense has a chance to be awesome. And so we'll see how they use him right away. But he's a guy who slipped further than anybody expected, but you're like, okay, well, he went to the Ravens. That might end up uh, really, really well with the sort of infrastructure they have there. George Pickens. We, you know, I know you George love George Pickens. Uh, love him. Yeah. I, I love too just watching him play. Like the first clip of George Pickens just knocking over a defensive back because he feels like it. Like <laughs> I'm in on that. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Give, give me that. Damian Power, Damian Pierce. I mean, he's such a oh my fun gosh. Back. My favorite so, guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I think those, uh, the other thing that's kind of fascinating about this is I think I saw this stat uh, from Field Yates. This is the first season since 2007 that a rookie is not starting week one at quarterback, a rookie quarterback. Oh, interesting. So we got all these other, I mean, basically, we don't have to think about the quarterbacks yet because rookie quarterbacks, by and large, look pretty terrible yes. if they're starting in week one. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely focused on, for me, especially as someone who's like really into fantasy. You know, like Chris Olave, is he going to make an immediate impact? The Saints gave up so much to go up and get him. Um, is he going to be the type of impact player that can really turn this offense around? It? Well, they're not not turn it around, but like really take this offense over the top. Um, you know, Traylon Burks, who, who one of the, I guess, most controversial picks uh, of the draft. Not controversial, but like a lot of people thought he was very overrated, schemed up production. Um, and his offseason has not been good. And so I'm excited right. to see like if he can really turn the corner and start to find his groove in this offense because the Titans need him to. So, um, yeah, I, the, the the rookie class is always really fun, but this one in particular seems pretty um, just all over the place and exciting. Good one. Absolutely. All right. I'm excited for Jerry Jones' post-game press availability. <laughs> I nice. mean, 
because this could be very this could be a very interesting year in Dallas. I mean, it could go sideways for them in a hurry. It could be Sean Payton going on national TV. He's now an analyst, just being like needling Mike McCarthy, you know, being like, <laughs> well, you know, in New Orleans, we practice that all the time. And yeah, we, I, I can't remember having an issue with what they did there in my, uh, you know, 12 years or whatever. Like I could yeah. absolutely see that happening. I mean, Jerry Jones, his, his language, like he always says this thing. He compares it to like circumcising a mosquito. Have you heard him use this? <laughs> what? No. Yeah, he, he's always he's, probably got all these good like expressions. Yeah, yeah, he's got all. He's got all. He, he's like I used that in a column once, and then I googled it to like make sure he said it. And like he didn't just say it once. Like he has said this multiple times <laughs> in public forums. It's kind of his thing. Yeah. So I'm excited for all of that. He just holds court there right after a game, raw emotions, and just says whatever he wants to say. I think the Cowboys will be an interesting team for that reason. I was thinking earlier, like I think on our ringer, uh, you know, staff predictions that we had today. I don't know if anybody picked the Cowboys to win the NFC East. It's almost like swung too far where everybody is, maybe there, maybe Super there was. Super into the Eagles. Yeah, maybe there were a couple, but it's like Dak Prescott is still clearly the best quarterback in that division, you know? And so I'm- I'm checking. Going, I'm pretty sure that I put the the Cowboys. Let me check You here. had them. Or maybe you might've been the only one. Or maybe Hold there was on. a- Pulling it up. there were a couple. Let's okay. see. Oh, yeah. No, I had the Cowboys. I had the Eagles as a wild card. So okay. I'm representing. I'm still, I, I'm still a believer in the Cowboys. Uh, okay. But I'm with you, like, there's a lot of variance, potential variance. Like, the offensive line could be an issue. Um, yeah. You know, they don't have a lot of receiver depth right now. Obviously, they'll get Gallup back at some point. But this is a team that's always been so stacked at the at the skill positions over the years. Um, and that's been such a strength of theirs, especially like, offensive line and skill positions. And that's been a huge, like, weight off of Dak Prescott's shoulders this year. He's going to have to do a little bit more. And I believe he can. But, I mean, I, there's definitely... I feel like more variance with what could happen with this offense. Defense probably be really good, but um, you know, I think that the the offense has wider range of outcomes than normal. It's kind of like he gets te- with the quarterbacks we were talking about earlier, like who can lift up and the people around them and like make up for the shortcomings. Like we'll probably find out mm. where on that range Dak Prescott is this year. Cause yeah, it's not going to be perfect for him uh, in Dallas. All right. I have one more. Do you have one more? To finish off with, or do you want me to just give you mine? Sure, I got. I can do one more too. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm yeah. excited to watch Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's just this is very basic. I just he's one of the most fun players to watch in the NFL. Um, yeah. I think this is so. It's Thursday morning. I think he set his uh, deadline for a new contract by on Friday for Friday. So we'll find out if he's going to be basically just you know quote unquote betting on himself. It's unclear exactly what's going on with this negotiation. Uh, he's acting, is he acting as his own agent or? Yes. Yeah. And that's probably, of, of course, complicating everything um, because then you kind of get like, it's a little more adversarial, I guess, with the right. team that when you're doing it that way. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think that to me, this is going to be very exciting because he's, I think, very clearly betting on himself and wants to get like a massive contract and the team is balking at his demands. So he's going to go out there. If I'm, I'm just picturing it, I think he's just going to go out there and totally put together an, an incredible season. So I'm excited. I'm excited to watch what he does. I think they're going to go back to like the MVP era type offense where he's running the ball a ton, maybe a little less passing. Obviously they want to be efficient passing the football, but I think they want to just dominate on the ground and and he can do that in a very, very unique way. So I just love watching this offense. I think it's, you know, just an exciting, unique offense. It's almost more interesting if he doesn't get the contract before Mm. week one, because of what you said. I mean, 
it, then then it just starts the clock on. All right, you got a couple franchise tags, and then that's it. Then he, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing there, there's nothing else you can do. He hits uh, he hits free agency after that, and he entered the league so young that like let, if he goes through this and just says, all right, franchise tag me, franchise tag me, I think he'll be like 27, 28, which pretty much wow. we've never never seen a former MVP. At that age, just hit the open market and see, all right, what is the actual market value for a player like this? So, I mean, I would be surprised, I guess, if it got that far. You mm-hmm. would never, it would just because you never have seen it, but this already seems like a unique situation and he'll like tweet back at people, you know, about his contract and stuff. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. always on my timeline where I'm seeing people retweeting that. So I'm with you. I think the Ravens are an interesting team and yeah, it's just more it's just more fun when he's healthy and mm-hmm. they're running and they're doing stuff like you said an offense that no other team in the NFL is running. So that's a good one. All right. My last one and this is a fantasy one so I need your help nice, with this. Nice. Nice. I'm excited to hate my fantasy team by week 5. <laughs> and so yeah. so so my I love the draft. I love drafting fantasy teams and find, you know, which mm-hmm. players do I like, where do I disagree? And then it gets to week 5. And I'm 2 and 3. And it's Tuesday night, and the kids have probably just been crazy at bedtime. And I got to hand in some column, and I forgot to do something else. And then I look at, you know, I got this uh, things to do list, waivers. Yeah. Like, uh, oh my, why? Why do I still do this to myself? <laughs> I do not want to be looking at the waiver wire right now. I think the solution for me is to just do best ball leagues, which I have not made mm-hmm. the transition to yet. Absolutely. Is there any other solution to me? Like, have you thought about, like, there might be a business opportunity for you for people like me who just want to outsource waivers. <laughs> and like, I would absolutely trust you because I'll just be looking at your advice anyway as I'm doing this. So like, I cut can, out yeah. the middleman. You know, you can just do the waivers, maybe make a little little side business or something. I don't know how it will work. I don't want to get us, a, you know, in trouble as Ringer employees. <laughs> but I feel right. like, how can I vo- avoid this feeling in week five, do you have any? Yeah, I mean, we could me? we could talk. I could give you my Venmo a little bit later, and we can figure <laughs> out some sort of like payment plan. Plus, I, I want a little equity in this team. You know, part of the winnings, things like that. I um, like that. But yes, no, I think best ball is a great solution, honestly, for someone that like you who loves drafting but doesn't so much love the day to day minutia of managing a, a fantasy team. You get because the best part about best ball is you just draft it and then that's it. Like in Sounds in true amazing. best ball, you don't do anything. It's literally just. Hopefully you don't have a whole bunch of injuries and like your team becomes obsolete by week five or whatever. Like that's part of the strategy of drafting is like you want guys that you want to have enough depth at each position. Plus you want to have guys that are maybe going to break out later in the season. You want to have a few of those guys on your roster. Um, But you also don't want to have too many guys that are just not going to do anything because then you're at a huge disadvantage. So I love best ball. I think it's really fun. Um, And it is, it is definitely going to be up your alley. If you don't like worrying about waivers, if you don't like worrying about setting your lineups, you don't like worrying about who's injured, who's on the injury report, who's going to play, like last minute inactives, all that stuff. A lot of people really enjoy that. I, I think it is um, makes it the strategy very fun. But um, for the set and forget people like you, like, I absolutely recommend it. We could get we can get a league going. Okay, so I'm going to just be, uh, I'll go through one more year of this, and the next year I have to convince <laughs> everyone that we're doing best ball leagues. That yep. makes yep. a lot of sense. All right, DK, anything to plug? I know you're doing a million different things. What, what do you have as we kick off the season here? Check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. We're going to be doing at least, yeah, four shows a week, plus we got the Ringer Fantasy Draft Guide slash Ringer Fantasy Rankings. We're going to be doing weekly rankings this year to help you set your lineups, help you 
um, you know, do sit start and things like that. So check that out. And yeah, that's it for now. I love that. So that I can just be like, all right, I'm debating between these two players. What do they say? And then if it goes wrong, everyone can just yell at you. I mean, yeah. you listen. We are right there. That's what we're here for is to get yeah. people, people, if people want to blame us for their uh, bad sit start choice, that's, that's really our role here. You do all the stuff that, you know, the, the more scared writers and podcasters and NFL content creators, <laughs> you, they're not brave enough. Like you're just going draft <laughs> takes, fantasy takes, all the stuff that people care about and they want someone to tell them what's right and what's wrong. You go out there. So I love that. All right, definitely check that out. I've got my picks against the spread up on the ringer.com that will run Thursday every week during the season. You can also catch me on the Philly special podcast that we just launched with Ben Solak for Eagle specific content. Everyone enjoy the games, set your fantasy lineups, get your pick em league stuff in, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> Stretch out the hamstrings, get the coffee schedule ready for <laughs> Sunday. Yep. Enjoy week one. Thank you to Mike Wargon for producing additional production supervision by Arjuna Ramgopal and Connor Nevins. We will be back with the Ringer NFL show tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.